Well, good morning, and we are in our final week of our series that we've been talking about all the different seasons of life, and I know it's, uh, it's challenging when you think about and you kind of reflect back on the different times and different uh, seasons that we have in life, the good times and the bad times, but it's important that we reflect on those things and we recognize the big picture that God is giving us, and so... Um, so we are going to get into the idea of summer today. But, uh, you know, before I do that, I kind of want to I want to think a little bit and kind of as we're wrapping up this series about kind of the whole flow of all of these different seasons in life, all of the ups and downs, all of the falls, winters, springs and summers that we have and kind of just 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 kind of put a button on it as we conclude the series. Um, you know, uh, I was um, having a conversation uh, with my grandfather before he passed away. Um, and this past weekend, I got a chance to kind of have Thanksgiving with my grandmother. And um, uh, it was the first Thanksgiving without grandpa. So we were thinking a lot about grandpa. And, and uh, there was some tears shed and, and uh, first Thanksgiving without him. But it was a, a good time. And as I was uh, thinking back on a story or something that grandpa shared with me that kind of it wasn't like a sit down moment where he was sharing something. He was just kind of reflecting on life and looking back at the different seasons of his life. And um, he was talking about his brother, his younger brother. And his younger brother lives in town uh, nearby him and had a farm near him and uh, was also a farmer. But throughout different seasons of his life, he just struggled and he was just it was it was hard for him. And he just had these just all these emotional swings that accompanied it. And he just my my grandfather was reflecting. He said, I just don't get it. He said, my uh, my brother he was a more successful farmer than me. He did better than me farming. He had everything in his life was good. He retired younger than me, but he just never seemed like he was happy. And I remember that as just kind of, he wasn't, uh, it was just kind of one of those moments when you talk to somebody and they're reflecting back on life. And he was just saying, it just doesn't seem to equate the two things of happiness and necessarily circumstances. And I think that that is a reality that, that we, want, we need to try to embrace and we need to think about in our life. Because the journey of life is ups and downs. And some people have significantly more struggles and difficulties, but it doesn't always perfectly equate to happiness. How come that is the case? And, and that's what I want to I reflect on a little bit, is that we have to remember that part of life is these journeys. And sometimes when we're in the middle of it, it's really hard for us to look at, you know, what God is doing all around us and, and have some kind of peace, even when it's in difficult times. Um, but we have to remember that the journey is part of the equation. Is part of the reason for our existence. Um, and sometimes when we walk through kind of those winter seasons and winter times and come to a time where it's different or there's a new understanding or a new like inspiration that comes, going through that journey and reflecting back 
um, there's a deep satisfaction that comes looking back and seeing where you have come. And so we are going to talk a little bit about summer today. But as we, we talk about that, we have to reflect on the idea that, you know, even if life was exactly how you wish it was, what uh, you would like it to be, um, would you be happy? Would you be satisfied? Would you be content? And the reality is, is maybe we wouldn't. So I'm going to look back to kind of uh, uh, what has kind of got us thinking about this, the book of Ecclesiastes. And uh, Solomon, uh, the wisest man on earth, gives all kinds of different reflections in the book of Ecclesiastes. And so Ecclesiastes chapter 1, he says this says, the words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labor at which they toil under their sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. And then later he says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Now, before we get too depressed thinking about what Solomon's words are, he's just reflecting on the reality of life when your pursuit is to try to find this summer place, this place where everything falls into line, everything is great, all of a sudden, all that I've worked for, all that I've hoped for is there, and then I've arrived. Maybe you said this in your life before. You said, if I get to this place, if I get to this dollar amount, if I get to this position, if I get to this like place in a relationship, if I get there, everything will be fine. I'm miserable now, but if I get there, everything's going to be great. If only I had a little bit more of whatever it is that you desire or think will make you happy. And Solomon, the richest man probably in the history of the world that make Je Jeff Bezos seem like small potatoes, is saying it's all meaningless. And guess what? If you get more and more and more, it'll just go away. And he even reflects in the book of Ecclesiastes. You give it to your kids who didn't earn it and they waste it and it's, it's worthless. It's gone. And it goes away. I was even thinking about my uh, uncle who passed away several years ago, and his, his, um, his wife was just recently uh, remarried, and we we're happy uh, that she's moving on with things like that, but his life, he was a farmer and struggled and struggled and just made it by, and right at the end of his life, they struck oil in North Dakota, and his land became super valuable, and he was a millionaire. And then, within like a few years, he passed away. And it's like, it's crazy. If you, like, your whole life you want to work for this place to get to this spot and then everything will be okay. But life then is short. Maybe we work our whole life to have money and our health fades or vice versa. 
And it seems and it feels very meaningless. I remember when I went off to college, a friend of mine who was a couple of years older than me gave me this piece of advice. He said, don't ever hang out with the philosophy majors. They'll make your head like just hurt. And that's kind of what Solomon is doing to us here. He's kind of saying it's all worthless and it's all meaningless and all the pursuits and all these things. They're not really what they're all cracked up to be. And so we have to think and reflect more on what is it that we are pursuing. Um, and maybe the pursuit isn't necessarily the season, but it's having a, a picture of what like this journey that God is trying to take us through. Um, you know, I had, uh, uh, it sounds like I had lots of little helpful conversations recently, but um, uh, at our prayer, recent prayer group, um, we were having uh, conversations, and we don't just pray. We have uh, big philosophical conversations, and the, the topic turned to time. And Rick had some insight, and we started talking about Einstein and how time works and all these things. And we were reflecting on the fact that time is actually a created portion of the universe, that modern science has confirmed time as another dimension, and time is actually something that we understand it to be part of God's created order. Isn't that weird? Okay? That's odd. But the reality is, and we're in the middle of this time in life where we're trying to make sense of all the things going on in our world, and this picture helps me a little bit, and so I want to share it with you is that if you recognize and realize that God is beyond and outside of time, and time is part of the created order, what you have to recognize and realize is that all of it, everything that has happened from beginning to end, is not like as we experience it or as we know it. We kind of put God sometimes into our own limitations in our own world. And we say, God, what are you doing right now in this time? And I'm not feeling good right in this moment. When in fact, the scripture gives us these pictures of God. That is, he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Who is here from before time began until after time exists and he looks over it all, and it's not really like a linear experience like we have, and says the whole thing is a complete picture of the journey that you're going through. The whole thing is a picture of that. And in our season that we're currently in, there's always pain, struggle, difficulty, doubt, ups and downs, and God is looking beyond that and sees all of it in its total completion and the picture makes better sense i was told as a young teenager if you think about our life in like uh, a matter of a linear way think about all the grains of sand in the entire world stacked up one against each other in a long line and your life on earth represents one of those grains of sand can you imagine it, it, it boggles and blows the mind. But you see, the, the depressing words of Solomon in Ecclesiastes 1 only really comes into play if you believe that God doesn't exist. Because if God doesn't exist, it's all meaningless. 
If God isn't here, it is all meaningless, and it's worthless, and it's, it, is, it is hard. But as the story progresses and continues, Solomon's final point in Ecclesiastes is that the meaning of life is to fear God and to live for God. And so this is so frustrating. It's frustrating to be in the middle of it and experience all these seasons, but God is in a different plane, and it's different. And so as the process unfolds, it's helpful for us to have some kind of concept of that. God, throughout the scripture, is frustratingly patient. And it's, it, it, it's frustrating when you look at the scripture and generations pass and generations go, and there's, there doesn't seem to be that much movement or progress, but God sees it in the whole. God is frustratingly willing to allow us to go through difficult seasons in our own life. And it's frustrating when you're in the middle of it. But when you look at it in the total, we start to have a different view and a different look. And so um, as we kind of think about this season of summer, we have to keep all these things in mind. That maybe the lows of winter and the highs of summer should not rule our lives so much. That maybe the circumstances around us that sometimes are beyond our control shouldn't be what dictate our happiness or our peace. It shouldn't necessarily be all those other things. But kind of have something that is steady in the middle of all those seasons. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says this. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Maybe, maybe, maybe you might be chasing after this picture of summer or the good times, but it's really, you need to find peace right here, right now with where you are or else you'll get there and you'll be just as miserable as you were before. And so we are going to talk about kind of that season of summer a little bit and how to handle that. The season of summer, kind of how I want to think about it for the purpose of our discussion, is kind of that time where everything is going your way. Everything seems to fall in line. Everything seems to be working out. Maybe it's just just you are hitting your stride in that time and season, and different people dealt with it in different ways. Um, there is a parable that Jesus told about one way that somebody dealt with it. And it's the parable of the rich fool. It's in Luke chapter 12. And I won't read the entire account. But what it is, is Jesus tells a parable about someone who had an incredible harvest. And had so much food that he didn't even know what to do with all of it. So he built these giant barns to store it and said, I am set for the rest of my life. And I'm good. And you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to not work anymore. I don't have to do anything else. I am all set. Kind of the kind of the picture of what we view as like that's summer, right? That's when times are good. You got everything you need and you don't have any other worries. And then Jesus said, "But unfortunately, this man's life was demanded of him the next day and he died." So what's the point of all that? Thanks, Jesus. That's a nice, comforting story. But really is a reality that we get. You can get to that point, but in the end, is that really the answer? 
And Jesus shares that story in Luke chapter 12. But there's another picture as well in scripture about someone else that had like this season. And we know about the story of Joseph, who he went through seasons. We could have done the entire series just looking at the life of Joseph, who is somebody who was sold into slavery by his brothers, spent time in prison, but miraculously came to power as second in command in Egypt. And God showed to him and revealed to him that there would be incredible, severe famine. And so they needed to prepare for seven years and store up grain. Uh, year after year to get ready for this season that would it, it was going to crash it was going to be a summer season but it was going to go down and so he saved up and he gathered up all the grain in the land and really as the story goes in Genesis chapter 30 19 is he's reflecting on what happened and he uh, says this Joseph says this in verse 19 of chapter 30 in Genesis he says God has presented me a precious gift. I have the wrong reference. My mistake. I wrote it down incorrectly. Um, essentially, what he said when he, had, when he saw his brothers is he said, God has done this so that I could you know, be a part of saving you and saving others. He recognized that the entire journey he went through did something in his heart and in his life that ended up in the end being a productive thing. But the two contrasts of people, how they dealt with the summer is is pretty different. We're talking about two people, one in the New Testament, one in the Old Testament, that both had an opportunity to have as much stuff as they possibly needed for the rest of their lives. And one took the approach of, I'm keeping it for myself and I'm gonna save it all up. The other one did the same thing. He saved it up. But his mindset was, it's because God has a greater good in mind. It's a very subtle difference. Almost the same actions, but one was condemned and the other was kind of the savior of his people. They did the same thing. They stored up all this grain, but one had a perspective in life that said, what I have and the good times I have in life is for something greater, a bigger cause, something bigger than me. And so he recognized that and realized that. Because in the end, if you ever get to the point where it's like perfect and everything is great and you're in that season of summer, but you don't realize and recognize what it's all about, it'll all come down and be meaningless. And how sad would it be if all of these seasons in life amounted to a bunch of meaninglessness? All of the difficulty you went through was meaningless. All of the good times you had was meaningless. All of it was meaningless. And so how do we approach these good times? How do we approach it? And I want to look in Romans chapter 8. And... This is a portion of scripture that gives us a lot of perspective on life and how we should deal with all of the seasons that we have. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says this. I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Let me just pause. It says Paul is talking about what we're going through right now 
is not comparable to what lies ahead. Whatever challenge or whatever difficulty, whatever season you may potentially be in, is small potatoes compared to what is to come. And that's the perspective that we have as believers in God. That it all is kind of small. Verse 19. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. That little portion right there sums up our series in a way that I never can. That's so profound. It says, it is frustrating. All of these things that we are frustrated by, all of the seasons that are frustrating, all the ups and downs are a picture of something greater that is taking place. And ultimately, we can't see and recognize God's salvation and what God is doing in us and through us without these ups and downs. And so he's saying that, you know what? Yeah, it's frustrating. What we're dealing with is frustrating, but the journey is going somewhere, and it leads to God bringing freedom and God saving. That's what it leads to. Verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, we ourselves who have been firstfruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So as he's saying, it is a struggle. And there will be moments of difficulty and groaning and strife. And even though we know, we know that we're going to be there, uh, we're going to have times where it's challenging. But what is hope without like a little bit of expectation? What is it without the journey? And that's what he's helping us reflect on. Verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And so it says there um, in verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called According to his purpose. In all things. In all things, God brings them together. And his hope is and his will is for it to end in good. Of course, this can be confused. into Like, like us in our earthly world. Like our little pictures of time and space. Where we get confused on, God, why are you doing this to me in this time? But really, outside of time, God is looking at the entirety of our journey and saying, I will ultimately bring it to 
good. I will. If you allow me, I will bring it to a good. I will bring it to a time where, where you look back and you're like, wow, look at what I came through. Where you look back and you're like, I can't, I can't believe what God did in my life and where God brought me as a result. And then, in verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to his image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. And he's saying that there's a process that is taking place, that is unfolding, that you are a part of. There's a process at work in your life. There's a journey that you're on. There's something that is being revealed in your hearts and lives. And will you allow it to take hold? Will you allow it to take place? Can you think about, imagine the difference. The difference between the different perspectives. Some people can go through the best times and still have no peace and find no meaning. And others can go through the most horrific things and see and sense God. And, and I want to challenge you a little bit. If you think about, if, if you tend to be somebody that dwells on, you know what, in my life, why is there so much suffering around me? Well, God would also say, look at all the beauty that is around you. And you may say, well, how about all the hate that is around everywhere? But how about all the love? And so there are two worlds that go on simultaneously and sometimes even battle in our own mind, in our own heart. Where we have to come to grips with the fact that the seasons that are going and circling around us is not really at the core of what makes us satisfied or at peace. The seasons can be very, very meaningless, arbitrary, painful, and hurtful for you. You can go through a terrible time and a terrible seasons and even get to a point where you think you're going to be happy. And you can be absolutely miserable. And life is utterly meaningless in that moment. Or you can say, God, give me meaning. God, give me meaning in all the things that I go through. God, give me meaning in the good and in the bad. God, give me meaning, purpose, and direction in everything that I go through. God, help me see it. Help me grow. Help me to understand this journey that I'm on. Because you see it, and I don't. And so the question of all the seasons that we go through in our life is not, are they going to be good or are they going to be bad? Because we know what life is like. It's ups and it's downs. There's challenge and there's joy. It's not about that. Really the difference between the perspectives is, do people come to peace with God? what God is doing in this world? Do people come to peace with what God is working on in my life? Do people come to peace that this is part of a bigger picture that I'm not fully 
and totally able to comprehend and understand at this time and place? And will I find meaning? Or will it be an endless series of meaninglessness in our life? My challenge to you is this. In every season of life, every season, and this is painful and this is difficult, in every season of life, be thankful. Every season of life, be thankful for what God has given you. Be thankful for the moment that you have. Be thankful for the opportunity and time that you have. And that's what the scripture says. Scripture doesn't give us clear answers on exactly what is going on in this world every single moment of, uh, of our life. But it does give us the command that in all things give thanks. In seasons of good and seasons of bad, be thankful. Be grateful. Say, God, you're in control. I give thanks, even in this moment. Be willing to learn. Are you open to the fact that there may be a time in your life right now where you have to pause, you have to halt, you have to reflect, and you have to maybe even start over or think about things in a different way? It can be something that just breaks you and sends you off into misery, or it can be something that is a place where God does something new in your life and helps you to learn and helps you to grow. So in every season... Are you be willing to learn? And if you do these things, if you're thankful and grateful and make peace with the, with the seasons of life that inevitably will come, you will grow. And there will be a path and there will be a journey. And it may be something that's hard to kind of figure out when you're in the middle of, but you'll look back and you'll realize God was walking with you through it all in every one of those moments. I look back and as I told you, I was reflecting on my grandfather's life this past weekend. He was, he was somebody that we would, we'd always tell the story about him, how when we went golfing, um, w w whatever took place, he would have a positive outlook on it. Um, if you hit it short, he'd say, look, it's straight. If you hit it like to the side, he's like, well, well, you, you, you you're going to be just fine. You, you, get another, you get another shot. You get more practice than the rest of us. And if you hit it great, you'd be like, can you believe that? And there's also people in this, this world that their entire life, they're like, how come it's not straight down the middle every single time? How come it's not perfect? And one thing that my grandfather left me with, and I remember this Thanksgiving season is, it has a whole lot to do with my attitude and my perspective on it and not as much to do with what's circling on around me. And so it's on me to come to a place of peace in the season that God has put me in. It's on me to learn to grow up and to say, God, what are you going to do right now in me? It's up to me to find meaning. It's up to me to find purpose. And as I groan, as I struggle, and as this world continues on and things are confusing, God gives us the opportunity to have a different perspective than everybody else and find meaning in that.
Will you join me in prayer? God, every one of us wishes that life was always sunny and everything fell into place. And we just had an endless summer. But God, as your scripture gives us kind of some of these clues and understanding, help us to realize that that's not where peace and happiness reside. Peace and happiness don't reside, God, in a good Black Friday deal or a new thing or a distraction. More stuff. But God, with you. And so God, today I make a choice to say thank you. Even when I'm going through the struggle, I'm not grateful for that moment. I'm not grateful for the difficulty, but I am still at peace with you. I still do look to you. I still do ask for help. I still do cry out to you, God, and say you are good. And open our hearts up to learn and to grow no matter what season we're in. God, I pray for this morning, those people in this room who are struggling. And even if some of these words make sense, it doesn't take away the pain or the emotion of that moment. And so, God, we cry out to, your, we cry out to you and ask you to help us bring your spirit of comfort upon us. And help us to persevere and look forward to the hope that you have that's beyond this life. I invite you in this room right now to maybe reflect on the season of time that you're in. And do the difficult thing and still say thank you to God. Open your heart up, open yourself up to being transformed, being renewed, being growing deeper in your relationship with God through what you're going through. It may be a journey, it may be a struggle, it may take years and months. But recognize there's a journey that you're going on. And there's a hope that you can have through God. So I invite you right now just to open yourselves up, say thank you to God. And ask God to do something deep in your soul to make what can be meaningless, meaningful. Meaningful.